Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Hey, welcome back and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Inspiring Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Lepofsky from Ubiquity Executive Coaches. We are live streaming this episode in December of 2021 with a special theme for this time of year, right? We need a special theme for this time of year. December is the time that we've got all of these projects at work that are wrapping up. Everybody's running around like their hair is on fire. The stress level gets a little bit higher. And you start hearing people talking about, uh, you know, the, the traffic uh, was really bothering me yesterday, right? Little things just seem to get under our skin. My coffee was too weak this morning. Well, I think we need to put some of that in perspective, and that's what we want to do today. And we want to bring a little bit of a gift to everybody to talk about something that I think is, is going to be kind of a nice little theme for December, right? The snow's starting to fall. What kind of a theme do we have for today? Our theme is peace by chocolate. Yes, two of my favorite things, peace by chocolate. Who doesn't want peace and who doesn't love chocolate? I got to tell you two things that uh, are absolutely wonderful. And I'm going to bring our guest in in just a second here um, because he is eminently qualified to speak on both of these ideas, peace and chocolate. Tarek Hadhad is a new immigrant in Canada. He just won the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award for Atlantic Canada. And... Um, his company is really the entrepreneurial company that we're talking about. His company is called Peace by Chocolate. And let me tell you, the chocolate that he and his company create is not just peaceful, it's heavenly. <laughs> That's right. Um, let's introduce you folks. This is our guest, oops, Tariq Hadhad, it is great to meet you. Sorry for getting rid of you there for a second. I wanted to bring you on board. How are you doing? <laughs> you you got your chance, Terry, but you did not take it. So <laughs> good morning. Good to see you, sir. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to, to be with you today. Thank you. It's an honor. Congratulations on the Entrepreneur of the Year Award. That is fantastic. And um, on you and your whole family becoming Canadian citizens, this is really cool. A great news, isn't it? I mean, uh, this is something that we have been waiting for a long time. Yeah, since we came to Canada, we did not have the chance really to to uh, uh, celebrate um, a lot of you know a lot of things. But since we 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 came here, we we were under the mindset that yes, we have arrived. Canada is calling us, uh, uh, you know, one one of uh, the countries, uh, you know, new permanent residents at the time when we landed at the airport and then we realized that we were treated like Canadian citizens, even though we were not Canadian citizens officially yet. So we had the access to healthcare, to employment, you know, to, to everything. 
but we were not just able to vote. That's really the only thing that we were not able to do before. So when we got the Canadian citizenship, I got mine first in the family in 2020, in January, just before the pandemic hit. And thank yeah. God I got it then. And then my family started getting it um, one after another uh, during the past 18 months. Uh, my mother just was the last person to get her citizenship in the household, and uh, she got it on my birthday on October 21st. So that you know, was a uh, double celebration. Tarek, uh, I, you know, I've, I talked to lots of people from around the world. One comment that I, I hear about Canadians is that they're so nice. They're so nice. But I haven't met the rest of Isn't your family. Isn't that a lovely stereotype, though? Isn't that a yeah, lovely yeah. stereotype? Yeah. <laughs> we'll take that one. We'll take it. But I got to say, even without meeting the rest of your family, I can say that I know that even before you got your citizenship, you were qualified to become a Canadian because you're a really nice guy. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank hey, um, I think what we're going to do here is before we run, I want to make a distinction. Your company is called Peace by Chocolate. And um, this show is called Peace by Chocolate. But this isn't a commercial for your for your uh, business. This it this just happens to be a topic that I thought was such a, an inspiring thing to talk about peace. And of course, if we can bring the chocolate into it. But before we get into a lot of the topic and the discussion, maybe let's just take a look at your website and see what it is that that you have done to become entrepreneur of the of the year. We'll bring that in um, as an overlay here. So this is your website and this is the kind of stuff that you're creating what is this old family recipe? Oh, it is actually a very exciting time for us. We are celebrating around the holidays and this is a time when we play a lot with chocolate with our old recipes, new recipes, introducing new things all the time. When we came to Canada, we started creating a lot of things that Canadian love, for example, dark chocolate with sea salt and, and almond and you know new things like the gold chocolate powder we created. So on the website, you'll be able to find a lot of the new things that were so special this year. Uh, we created a whole new line of artisan chocolate that we sold out of very quickly. And now we are really um, kind of making a lot of new holiday products just to celebrate, you know, between dark chocolate, milk chocolate, white chocolate, gold chocolate, ruby, uh, tiramisu, uh, all kind of flavors that you would really think of and imagine between roasted nuts to dried seeds and, and dried fruits and all kinds of things. So it's mouth watering at, at 10 a.m., but uh, my <laughs> time, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, but it's I really say... exciting. You know, it's it's really lovely to be in this business, especially at this time when you hear a lot of messages from everyone from around the world. It's like, uh, yeah, this is yeah. why we are here. This is why we exist. You know, I uh, whenever Christmas comes around, um, you know, it's the season of giving and I always want to find something unique. I always want to find something that you can't get if you're just to walk down the store. Now, Peace by Chocolate is available in different locations, but your stores are all in Atlantic Canada. So this is why um, I visited your website a little while ago, and I actually ordered some and had it delivered out here to where I'm at in Ottawa. And uh, it was such a hit. And I got to tell you, you coming to Canada has created perhaps my favorite flavor in the world. Because wow, you it? plus maple is over the roof, my friend. <laughs> those, those maple chocolates are spectacular. Wow, that's excellent. Um, yeah, so I'm, not only did I order some, I'm, uh, I've actually ordered more so that I could stick them under the Christmas tree for everybody in my family. Hope they would so, last. <laughs> the, it, they might not because I, I'm going to know what's under there and I might go and grab some of those yeah. and steal them. Um, listen, 
we better get on to our topic here. But before we do, one question that I ask all of our guests, Tarek, who or what inspires you? Well, you know, inspiration for me is, is comes from the, the people that they are around me. First, from my family. You know, they are the ones who are uh, have been, are always there uh, to help and support me. And certainly, uh, those are the people really that we have lived through the good times, the bad times, you know, even the worst times of our lives together. Yeah. We survived wars. We, we got out of it. We, I think I've seen the best out of human beings in my father, for example, in my mother, how resilient they are, you know, how strong they are. And and all of those values that started coming out on, even if you are living your worst days, that doesn't mean that you cannot give back and you cannot support other human beings because there's always people suffering more than you in life, right? There are, there are always uh, people who, even if you have only uh, uh, one thing uh, in life, there are people who have nothing. So you have to be grateful. I think learning gratitude, learning kindness, learning compassion, empathy comes first from my from my parents and my my uh, mother and my father specifically. Those are the ones who inspire me every day. I mean, a lot of people look for world leaders, big names. Don't look too far. Look from the, for for the people around you. I think this is more practical, really, to to reach. And this is, I think, one of the the the. the a, I think, you know, this is really the A level for, for leadership is just to start uh, by looking around at the people who um, who are giving you real examples, real life examples. And those are my parents for sure. You know, uh, I think people listening or watching the show right now, either way, they're starting to get a sense of why I wanted you on the show. Uh, <laughs> really good common sense uh, perspective. I love what you just talked about with... Um, uh, kindness and compassion, looking to people that are close to us for our inspiration. It doesn't have to be to world leaders. It doesn't have to be to CEOs and board members and the rest of it. Um, you know, inspiration is where you find it. And I think that um, this is why I opened the show talking about uh, those little things, those little things that get under our skin. They irritate us. They frustrate us. And those types of things can snowball, you know, because we're in December, so we'll talk about a snowball, but Absolutely. they can get bigger and bigger until we're we're into the, f- the final part of the year and we're wrapping up projects at work. We're working with a bunch of people on a bunch of little initiatives and we've got to go out and we've got to pick up presents for people. We've got to get pre- things prepared for, you know, Christmas dinner and the rest of it um, or our, our holiday dinner, whatever uh, you know, religion you may be following, but all of these things are sort of reaching a crescendo at this point in time, this part of the year, um, especially here in North America, but I'm sure in other places as well. And this is why those little things that irritate us, we've got to be careful about those and put them in perspective. So this is where I wanted to bridge to maybe your story, because um, you just said, we always have to remember that somebody else may have it worse than us. So let me see, you're going to correct me if I get any of this wrong, Tarek, but you and your family were living in Damascus, um, in Syria, in an gorgeous, one of the most beautiful cities that I've ever seen with a 7,000 year history. So dating way back before most, uh, you know, history books even talk about. And you left there. You left the place that was your home. 
Um, and you didn't leave it because you wanted to come to Canada necessarily. You didn't leave it because you were sick and tired of being in Syria. You left it because what happened? What, what, was, what was the reason that you really moved? Well, um, a bit, you know, the answer to this question always um, that I say, no one was born to, uh, to immigrate, right? No one was yes. born to leave their homeland. And this is an excellent... Um, question. This is an excellent way really to ask a question, Terry. Thank you. I mean, because every time I think about it, a lot of people say, well, you know, immigration is like tourism, right? You're going around, you're exploring new places, you are kind of having fun with it, you are restarting your life. It's not that easy. It's not It's not going around and really having fun and, start, and, and looking for, for a new place to call home. This is an absolutely, um, uh, you know, the hardest thing that can happen to anyone in life yeah, is to, yeah. to be forced. N nevertheless, you know, imagine if people who are, you know, doing immigration by choice because they want a brighter future, they want a better life. A lot of immigration stories that we are hearing these days is from refugees and people who are forced to leave their homelands because of economic reason, because of war, because of persecution. And this is exactly what happened to us. So our family was living such a happy life in Syria until the war started you know we were operating one of the second largest chocolate companies in the region yeah yeah imagine how how big that company was and then we had to leave everything behind because honestly there was nothing left behind we lost everything and that was one of the the biggest reasons for us to leave but mainly you know the human aspect of it when a lot of family members were um, arrested went missing they were they were killed in the war and you know thinking about that back in time it was not about just let's leave the country it's about we don't want to be numbers on the screens of the media that they they don't tell you the names of the victims in a war like the war that happened just recently in the in syria and the middle east so we didn't want to become that the numbers on cbc when they were telling you 250 people died in syria today um well no one really talks about those people right and we right, didn't want yeah. to be the fuel to that war so that's why we really decided to, to to leave for those who don't know some back history about the war in syria it is um you know the, it's really um, about change it's about reforms it's about securing rights and freedoms for uh, uh, everyone in syria but then it turned into a war in 2011 2012 which was absolutely devastating for this for syrians for the country and then in 2012 um, although my passion was in medicine and I was actually almost done with my medical school. Oh, you're kidding. I, I, I was actually in medical school, yeah. Yeah. So in 2012, um, the war reached Damascus, our place, um, yeah. and uh, we lost everything. We lost uh, the factory uh, by the end of 2012, 10 minutes after my father has left. Uh, we lost the house. A lot oh of my, my family goodness. members left the country. Imagine everyone was living in the same neighborhood, in the same building. And now they are scattered in 26 countries. My family members are now everywhere around the world. And it's um, that's really the most heartbreaking part is that the, the family reunification now seems almost impossible for us to sit again at the dinner table all together. So by 2013, um, my family made the decision to leave the country after a mortar rocket hit. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get you to hold on there for just a second. Folks, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're watching this podcast, take a second. Think about the town that you live in. Think about the city that you live in, the home that you live in. Now imagine all of it flattened to the ground in a pile of rubble. Yeah. 
because this is what happened in Damascus and in Syria in general. If you were to take a look at photos or videos of what, what Damascus was like 15 years ago, you would see the most beautiful place. It was, it was gorgeous, the kind of place that would be on most people's bucket list. But if you take a look at what's happened since then, it's devastating. Everything, it seems, has been bombed. Your home was bombed. Your business was bombed. Is that right, Tarek? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the traffic is not that big of a deal, guys. The uh, uh, the projects that are wrapping up and the coworker that's just not pulling their weight on the project, let's put this in perspective. For We could have a much tougher situation to deal with we could have a little bit more resilience. And let's talk about this resilience because you, you know, I don't want to, you know, steamroll over your story here, Tarek, but um, how does a guy come from essentially being forced out of your home, um, forced out of your country, making a decision that you don't want to be a stat on the nightly news to right. being an international proponent of peace? Right. Well, uh, I mean, you know, the it's it's never easy. It's not like you know, um, you know, that you can restart all over again overnight. I mean, it takes time, and I think uh, that's really where where the role of Canada and Canadians and the community we're in right now really has come to play. Yeah. Is when we lost everything. I always say when we lost everything in the war, uh, we did not lose our skills and our talents. This is something that the war does not kill in you as long as you're alive. Whatever you learned in life, your skills, your experiences are there with you. Yeah. So, um, you know, we kept those with us. We did not leave them behind. We brought them with us to Canada. We realized that Canadians are um, really uh, friendly. They are amazing to and ready to help. They're welcoming, embracing. They support newcomers. They are willing to learn about new cultures and new backgrounds. And they're willing to... Uh, make sure that you are successful in 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 a place that you are willing to call home, and this is really what has. I mean, this is the the foundation. This is the recipe for success. I always say, if you are an immigrant, um, it's it's your responsibility in the beginning to get out there and tell people who you are, and uh, share your skills and talents, and you know, build your dreams and and goals. But you don't have to do it alone because whenever you start doing that, the community will come back to you and certainly offer help. You know, and I always say for communities, offer immigrants kindness, lend them a hand, and then you would see magic happens. You know, this is this is what what happened in Canada over uh, decades and centuries for for people who are succeeding in this country. And at the end of the day, if we are not indigenous on this land, then we came from somewhere. Our parents came from somewhere. Our grandparents came from somewhere, right? So, mm -hmm. we really want to also connect to to the original story of Canada and and how can we make things right and to make sure that our success is not is is certainly something to to be proud of, but also is giving back to the original story of Canada, giving back to the people who are still suffering up to this day without drinking water we know with they are still struggling with uh, a lot of sacrifices for social justice um so there is a lot actually happening and this is really now the time when i started when i came to canada i'm like we know how to make chocolate we have uh, uh, my family and our history goes back to decades and decades of making yeah, delicious yeah. chocolate in the middle east so this and is not is, something yeah. new something yeah. new that we had to learn we brought it with us here uh although we had to adjust some 
of the recipes and and all of that just to make sure that this is I, I will touch on that later but you have really to accommodate all your products to make sure it's fitting your new host community um to um to to make sure that you're also integrating well and i want to also touch on the idea the reason why i feel we are really successful in this country you talked about that terry the country that uh, has welcomed us um, i came from lebanon as a refugee when i was in lebanon i came here i landed in toronto on december 18th in 2015 and i arrived here on a flight that i never dreamed of like that was it was spectacular you know canadians on board of the flight were going around asking us the, the flight was full of refugees asking us do you guys need anything is the food okay like of course it's it's brilliant it's absolutely <laughs> absolutely gorgeous so i arrived i landed in toronto and then they told me well um you know you uh you have your sin number you have your all of your rights this is the charter of rights and freedoms this is the first thing that they gave me yeah so imagine how how should i feel as a human being landing on this land uh, landing in this country uh, and starting my life again yeah, i absolutely felt that i can i can make make anything i can do anything and that's really what we did is once we landed in in our final destination in Antigonish, we came to the community and we told them we feel that we can make delicious chocolate and you guys are gonna love it and we're like bring it on so <laughs> the show was on since 2016 a couple days only a couple days after arriving in canada we yeah. got our first chocolate molds in the house kitchen that we were playing all around it. But the reason why we feel this turned into a phenomenon is because the world is saturated with negative stories, right? Mm -hmm. Hatred, anxiety all around. It spreads so fast yeah. that it, it it's taking away space from positive stories. And we wanted to claim that space back. And that's why we really wanted to tell the stories to as many people as possible. I took it on my on my on my shoulders you know it's my responsibility to tell our story because if i don't speak about our story no one is going to talk about it right so th this is um when i when i think about your story in particular and and uh you know and i expand that to just about anybody that is new to Canada, an immigrant to Canada, they've come here, they don't have a long history in this country, they might be a little shocked here in Canada to see in December that the it's getting cold. Um, by the way, I saw your interview on uh, This Hour Has 22 Minutes, right. and I loved what you said. You said every time you see images of Canada when you're in a foreign country, they always take those images and shoot those videos during summer. That's Nobody right. ever shows those. <laughs> I love that. But um, I think anytime that we see a newcomer to Canada, it's, it, it is so enriching to ask them about their story yeah. because they have such a rich background. You've come from Syria, um, home business bombed, you've moved along. And then if we fast forward to today, Justin Trudeau was one of your biggest fans, the Canadian prime minister. Um, I've seen you and your, you know, uh, Barack Obama's arm around you. Um, your uh, Nancy Pelosi loves your chocolates. That's right. Uh, world leaders everywhere have fallen in love with Peace by Chocolate. You're making an impact on the world. The ripple effect from your leadership is extending beyond. You're putting smiles on people's faces during a time that 
let's face it, the last two years have been tough on everybody. Um, but again, these are, in most cases, relatively small things. And we should be thankful for the fact that we've got so much more uh, that, that we can cheer about, that we can be happy about, that we can connect with our family and friends, and that we've got a roof over our head and that our home isn't being bombed by somebody somewhere. So what I, kind of I, challenges? I absolutely, absolutely. I want to I echo that because this is so important, I think, uh, Terry. Every time I see someone talking about, you know, um, um, life challenges that they, they are uh, irrelevant to, to, to these days, you know, they, they can be solved within seconds. You know, if, if uh, we just learn about those who are struggling around the world, I think our lives would be much more fulfilling. We will have the, that sense of, of accomplishment, and then we will know that then our responsibility is not to complain our uh, about our issues in the, in first world countries. Our responsibility is to help others yeah. that they are suffering around the world, and this is really what we are seeing now in this pandemic. And I'm grateful for the leadership of this country that certainly has inspired us all. Okay, so what kind of challenges have you had resettling here in Canada? Well, uh, to 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 start with answering this question, you know um, <laughs> that. Challenges are something ex that excite me. You know, it's uh, it's something that has certainly contributed to the way that we look at the future, even for our for our company, for our life here. Uh, but uh, the challenge means that there are two ways to look at it: whether you can sit down and complain about it, or whether you can dig down and find solutions. So most of the times, up until now, you know, we found our way to to dig down and find solutions, although. They, it, it has never been easy. And I think since arriving in Canada, you know, um, I always weigh the blessings and the, the gratitude way over any, any challenge. Certainly, I arrived in December 18th. It was freezing when I landed, when I got out of the airport for the first <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. And I arrived here with, with a spring coat on me. Oh, uh, but you know they they Good gave luck. me all the heavy the heavy boots and uh and the, the coats and everything and then i realized yes i certainly have to use them so uh you know when i landed in canada i just uh, realized that for for immigrant communities for refugees who are arriving here certainly there could be not a better way to be welcomed in a country like Canada. You know, we have got almost everything since I arrived in Canada, the community and shout out to the community group here in Antigonish called Save Food Stands for Syria Antigonish Families Embrace. They are the heroes actually behind the scenes that one really talks about. Those sponsorship groups are the ones that brought us here. And we knew a lot about Canada. We knew a lot about, you know, they had housing committees to make sure that our house was prepared. They had education committees to make sure that my siblings and everyone was in school the next day on a school bus. They had, you know, employment committees. So whoever wanted to find a job was going to find a job. They had integration committees. We're going around grocery stores learning about what Canada is about, what, what food is available in Canada. We're going around to Tim Hortons and learning about the double double for the first time and 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 trying it. It was it was you know fun times in the beginning. And that's how we got to know the country. I stayed with a Canadian family here before my family arrived for two weeks around oh, Christmas okay. time. Yeah. And they gathered all the family and then I got my first Christmas gifts actually in 2015. Yeah. And uh, I got a pillow with the word peace on it. So every time I was going to bed, actually, I was just seeing that, you know, the last thing and the first thing when I wake up, right? Yeah, this was yeah. the first and last thing I see in my day. And that really has just contributed to the way that I look at things here. 
is, you know, there are challenges. Yes, there are challenges in whenever, I think life is, is about what we look at. Yeah, right. You can look at anything and find it as a challenge, or you can look at anything and find it as a blessing or find it as a, a resource or find it as something that excites you. So I hope that, uh, you know, I, I will continue to look at these as ways for me to um, to go beyond what my expectations are. And I really hope that um, I will be able to um, make sure that other newcomers and other refugees, when they're arriving here, you know, it's it's so important. It's so important to keep our our uh, hand and lend lend the hand of support for those who are still arriving in this country up until uh, this day. And the, you know, life is is not always easy, but I think it's all about perspective, as you mentioned, Terry. So when I look at you know what should we complain about the weather? You know, it's freezing today in Antigonish, <laughs> but I know I'm sitting here in my warm office. You know, having a hot cup of tea, enjoying life, and you know, there is really. Uh, uh, nothing to to complain about. I truly believe that uh, that anyone can do anything in Canada. We are the second largest country in the world, and we are you know we are 38 million. So there's place for everyone. No one is taking away from anyone, right? We need yeah. we need people. We need uh, uh, people to to um, always put that into perspective. Is you know. When we came to Canada, we did not come here to take jobs from anyone. We came here to create them. And that was one of the questions actually I had when I came to Canada. Someone came to me and said, why did you come here to take our jobs? And I really turned to him and I said, you know, within a couple of weeks, imagine how shocking that would be for, for any immigrant, you know, to oh, hear yeah. someone yeah. asking you, well, why did you come here to take our jobs? And then I, I actually went to him and said, well, uh, actually, we did not come here to take your jobs. We came here to create them. So and, and you have how many people at Peace by Chocolate now? Well, you know, it's uh, it's crazy times right now. So I stopped counting because we have a new people <laughs> joining every day. So. I know your whole family pitches in. Everybody is part of it. You guys are really making a go of it. But you that's are right. employing other Canadians as well. Absolutely. You're contributing Absolutely. to the good that's going on here. And I, I really like what you said about... Um, about, uh, you know, it's really what we make of things. Um, I've heard it said, and I, I'm going to forget exactly who said it um, many, many years ago, but to paraphrase something that really st stuck with me, there is nothing that is inherently good or bad. You know, there are no good yeah. molecules in a Ford and bad molecules in a Chevy. You know, everybody really just makes a decision or... or um, an opinion forms an opinion about things, usually in um, an autopilot thinking mode. They don't realize that these opinions are forming and they don't realize that somebody else can have a vastly different opinion. So being stuck in traffic, you can sit there and complain about how the traffic isn't moving or you can sit back and go, you know what? I'm comfortable. I've got complete control over my climate. I've right. got good music if I want to listen to it. Yeah. You know, I've got a nice leather seat. I've got a good view of what's going on or not going on. I'm safe. There's nothing bad that's happening to me. I'm actually kind of relaxed. And so, you know, to, to just take a step out of that autopilot thinking and instead of falling into the trap that things are inherently good or bad, yeah. we, we can take a little bit more ownership of it and have some discerning intelligence to say, 
Um, let me put this in the bigger perspective and see how things are going. Um, a couple questions I want to bring into this because I think uh, we've got a few people in the chat that are asking some questions. And I'm going to start with one a guy from my own team, uh, my VP of marketing, uh, Greg, who says, um, do you have plans to expand your business into retail, retail stores across Canada and the U.S.? Yep, yep, absolutely. Well, uh, right now, actually, our products are available in almost a thousand stores across the country in multiple chains. And we have our own stores here in Antigonish and one on the a flagship store, actually, on the waterfront in Halifax at the Queen's Market building. It's it's really interesting to, to know that there is no limit to where we can really go. There is uh, no limit to where the company can grow into Canadian cities. Our plan certainly is to have our own stores in major Canadian cities, hopefully with some expansion plans into the United States. But first, our plan is to have some major partnerships into the United States coming uh, next year. There was a big plan that we have developed in 2019 that certainly uh, was was paused for 2020 2021 for export but now we are back at it we are in a stable mode at the company again uh, and we are fully ready to hit, hit the ground running in 2022 and uh, see where where the world's gonna take us but yes my plan is to see peace by chocolate uh, everywhere you know as um, uh, I, I'm not sure uh, Terry if you hear me say this but you said at the beginning that everyone wants peace and everyone loves chocolate this is yes. exactly how I say it so <laughs> <laughs> this is why we call the comedy peace or chocolate in the first place it's yeah like, what's you know, your motto that you've got you say uh, one one little piece won't hurt one or piece won't hurt that's a one slogan piece for the comedy. I love yes. that I think that, that that is great let me bring another comment in this one from Tanya Smith uh, somebody who I know well here in Ottawa. Uh, she's an executive coach as well. A fantastic one at that. Um, have visited the sh uh, the shops many times in Antigonish, Nova Scotia. Your story is beautiful and your products are delicious. Hey, there's a vote of confidence for you right oh, there. Oh, thank from, you. From Tanya. Thank you, Tanya. I really appreciate it. Yeah, your, um, the, the, your story is beautiful. Um, I've heard rumors I've heard rumors, and I don't know if this is that we didn't rehearse this, folks. I'm I'm putting them on the spot. <laughs> is there a movie that's being thought about or in the work somehow about your story? Actually, it's it's uh, done. You know, the the movie was produced in 2020. It was supposed to be released last year. It started to be released in 2021. Yes, there is a movie actually called Peace by Chocolate with actors playing my family. There's someone playing me. Um, not, who is it? Uh, Tom Cruise, know, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> who who do we have? <laughs> you know, the only challenge we had is to find Arabic and English speakers actors in in Canada because we were filming in Montreal in January. But yeah. The guy who played me is amazing. His name is Ayham Abu Ammar. He's absolutely terrific. And the guy who played my dad is a legendary Syrian um, actor and director, Hatem Ali, who passed away in 2020. But, um, you know, this was his last role that he played for for my dad. Other Canadian actors, Mark Camacho, you know, who played uh, Frank Gallant from, from Antigonish, Nova Scotia. Um, a lot of people put their hearts, blood, sweat, and tears into this project. And Jonathan Kaiser, shout out to him. He's the director for the movie. He's uh, from Halifax, but he lives in L.A. And we were really honored to see that our story came into, into life within that movie. Hopefully we'll see it on major... Uh, uh, live streaming uh, uh, channels and, you know, online streaming platforms like uh, um, a, a lot of what we are 
I'm watching movies on right now. I'm not gonna uh, expose any information because you know there's a lot of changes happening. Uh, but course. you have to keep yeah. watching. You know there is some exciting news coming out by the end of the year. We know that the movie is gonna be um, uh, streaming on one of the major platforms in the Middle East as well, called Shahed.net, and has tens of millions of people are gonna watch the movie uh, before the end of the year in the Middle East. So it's gonna be uh, you know you're gonna see a lot of people reaching out. So. Uh, we are really excited to see what the movie is going to do. But the main call from it was to change perspective about um, immigrants. You know, when a lot of people arrive in, in countries like Canada, they, uh, they, they, they just, you know, they start their lives. But so many times their stories are untold. Yeah. So hopefully within this movie, we're giving the voice and we're giving the platform for, for the untold stories, not only our story, because certainly it's not a documentary it, it's like 60% based on the facts of the journey and then 40% is just telling the story of immigration in general in Canada and some of the challenges that that immigrants face, you know, with not, not speaking English when they arrive here or French, uh, having to learn that, having to figure out their, their lives like newborn babies, right, to, to find out, you know, where they're going to stay, where they're going to work, all of that stuff. But when, when the movie hopefully... Is, is gonna be with mass release now it's in film festivals it has been at tribica film festival in new york and it ranked number three at tribica fantastic uh, it's really really great to see yeah and atlantic film festival here uh we were at the tiff food film festival as well um there's a lot of interesting film festivals internationally it's at cairo international film festival now and it's winning awards everywhere we go so uh, we are, yeah, we are over the moon certainly to see that. So the movie is, uh, is, is again, not a documentary. We have a book actually based on that is telling our story. It's called Peace by Chocolate as well. Yes. And the book is, is, is absolutely phenomenal. And that's the piece of document that I was hoping to get before uh, the end of 2020. And we were lucky to release it last year. Yeah. Um, and it became bestseller number one selling on Amazon in immigration within a couple hours after its release. It was fantastic. So we got a, a movie, Piece by Chocolate. We've got a book, Piece by Chocolate, a podcast uh, episode, Piece by Chocolate. We've got chocolate called Piece by Chocolate. And stores. <laughs> uh, love your chocolate. I love uh, everything that you're doing. You Guys, you heard it here. The scoop is here. I'm sure somebody may have heard it elsewhere, but at least we got one of the scoops. The movie is coming out. Unfortunately, we don't have a clip of the movie here because I just found out about it. Um, but I do want to ask you about uh, back to the topic of leadership and any advice that you might be able to offer. Is there anything that you can think of that through your experiences that you might be able to pass along for, you know, the wisdom that you've managed to acquire? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the... Um... We learn a lot throughout our journey as, as human beings. Uh, if you ask me um, in 2010, would I be in 2021 sitting here in a place called Antigonish, Nova Scotia, doing a podcast with you, Terry? I would say no, <laughs> for sure. I, I never imagined this. Yeah. Um, so I think what we, what we need to do is reflect on our adaptability and our resilience as human beings. This is something that so many people have, but they don't really reflect on it every day, right? Like I'm... I don't know if I should say this, but I'm grateful for the pandemic. I'm grateful for the pandemic because it taught us a lot of people who did not face challenges in their lives. It brought the best of them. It brought this this sense of oh, resilience and, and adaptability. It it just, you know, it's connecting 
people who who uh, who are living through challenges read to know and reflect on the things that they have more than the things that they don't have. We have a lot, and you know the sense of gratitude is built by crisis. You know, and 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 it has to come out during crisis time, but also we have to bring it in comfort, not only in stress. So yeah. a lot of people started, you know, reaching out to me and say, "How do you compare living through?" a war versus living in a pandemic. And I said, this is not even a way to compare it. You know, there is no way to compare the two. Yes. Because in 2013, during the war that tore my immediate family apart, that forced us to leave our country, we were just asked to leave. We were forced to leave everything behind. Yeah. And we became refugees. In 2020, during the pandemic, we were asked to stay in our houses and we were asked to stay safe. Yes. Right? You yeah. see the difference? And I said, I will take the second. I will take 10 pandemics over a war. Yes. And so many people actually don't put that into perspective. But imagine all, all the people around the world living through the, the men much more challenges than living through a pandemic. I know that the pandemic has never has not been easy on, on a lot of people. You know, people lost their jobs, lost their loved ones. I'm in no way degrading that the pandemic has been real suffering for a lot of people. I'm just saying that it could have been worse. Life could be worse always. So we really want to reflect on what we have been through and also reflect on our adaptability and resilience uh, because it brought the best of, of humans. Over the past uh, uh, 24, 18, 24 months, we have seen the best of humanity coming together. We have seen really the, if you are asking me what inspires me for leadership after my family and my parents, it's it's everyone during the pandemic, everyone who came together, everyone who started spreading kindness. We have seen parties on Facebook when people were like, how can we how can we cheer you up, right? Yeah, how yeah. can we give you free music? How can we make a, a party for you and your family? So because you have time, you can just join us. How can we give you a, a gift just because we love you? Uh, you know, we have we have seen people even cheering uh, uh, healthcare leaders, and that's why we created something called the Hero Bar to celebrate frontline workers and and healthcare workers in in nursing homes uh, to celebrate them as strong, kind, resilient, and certainly those who are the ones who who inspired us over over a long a long time. And I hope that people are learning what does it mean to be a true hero. You don't have to wear that, that you know you don't have to wear specific uniform to be a hero you don't have to do extraordinary things to be a hero you are a hero just by showing up you're a hero just by being present yeah. and a lot of people these days really don't uh, recognize that um, the potential uh, that, that we have in with within ourselves just we, we really we really need to, to unleash it. it take take I really hope that you are thinking and reflecting about my own story and your own story at the same time. I, I had no idea where I was coming, what I was coming for in 2015. I my my parents didn't speak English. We we had a lot of uh, you know struggles to to get back to what we love to to make chocolate, and we had no idea. So many times we have lost hope. We were counting down to death, and you know now we are on the way, hopefully, to build one of the top five chocolate companies in Canada mm -hmm. soon. So uh, you know we started our mission and. We really hope to see it uh, go to to places, and our our chocolate has been to space. So, yeah. you know, we, we literally <laughs> have right. shipped yeah. our chocolate outside of this world, and it was yeah. just remarkable to see how life can be uh, can be tough and how life can be sweet. We have yeah. tried both, and certainly, we cannot pick and choose. I think this is one package. Life is one package. You cannot pick and choose. 
Yeah, I think your story is, um, it's enough to help us all. Uh, Just that little reminder that we all need when we're at this point in the year and we're we're thinking past all of those little frustrations and annoyances, and we're reflecting back on all of the things that uh, that we really should be grateful for. We, I know um, our American friends, our U.S. Uh, audience, just finished their Thanksgiving just a few days ago. Uh, Canadians had our Thanksgiving not long ago, but the wrapping up of the year here is a great opportunity for us to reflect on all of the great things that we've got going, despite the fact that we're in a pandemic. I'm going to bring one other comment up here from Captain Shan Morthy, Dr. Captain Shan Morthy, uh, who is the president of the International Association of Coaches, and he is in Kuala Lumpur, and he says, um, thank you for an inspiring story, being grateful and thankful in every situation, um, being solution-focused. So he says, thank you, Terry. I think he means thank you, Tarek and Terry, uh, because together we've managed to bring this story forward, and I'm really glad that we uh, we had you on this particular show. You've already shared with us the last question I have about inspiring leadership. Love how you look to your family for that. And I think that that is such a brilliant thing to do, um, you know, to look to those people that are close to us, because there are many, many examples of inspiring leadership all around us. You happen to be one that is is right up there on my list one of the reasons I wanted you on the show, and I hope that everybody out there has got a lot from this. Tarek, thank you sincerely for joining us here on the Inspiring Leaders podcast. Our very best and sincere wishes to you and your family for every success. Thank you so much, Teddy. It's been an honor. Peace to you all. All right, folks, there we go. We have had uh, a fantastic guest talking about really some of the biggest challenges that you could ever imagine. Imagine your home, your town being completely flattened. You are really without everything that you take for granted. And then suddenly you find that you need to, uh, the rug has really been pulled out from under your life. You need to relocate. That is what Tarek Haddad has had to put up with. He and his family have rebuilt and they are winning awards. Ernst and Young Entrepreneur of the Ward for Atlantic Canada, a uh, brand new Canadian citizen, to me, a fabulously inspiring person. There it is, gang, another outstanding leader right there on this podcast. We hope that that has given you some inspiration to help you become an even greater leader. We hope you enjoyed it and that you got some value out of it. We also want to thank you for all of your time and your attention, and we want to wish you all a very, very happy holiday and a fantastic new year. Take care, everybody. Thank you very much, and bye for now.